Hello and welcome to episode 62 of Inside the WDF with me, Andrew Sinclair. We had a little summer break on the podcast during the WDF's quietest month of the year, but I'm back now as things ramp up for a busy end to 2021. This week I'm delighted to be joined by the England Darts Organisation Chairman Tommy Thompson and Russian International Elena Shulgina. The first gold event of 2021, the England Open, takes place on the 11th and 12th of September and I discuss that along with the EDO's financial position after 18 months with no events and the decision to run an international trial in October with Tommy Thompson over the weekend. I'm now delighted to be joined by the chairman of the England Arts Organisation, Tommy Thompson. How are you, Tommy? I'm fine, thank you very much. Under the circumstances, glad to be uh, finally getting another event back off, back on the road uh, after this 18 months of a, a bit of a disaster for the Darts, really. Fortnight's time will be coming to the end of the, the, the weekend in Celsius, and it will be almost 18 months, as you say, to the day since... Everything came to an end after the Isle of Man. How are you feeling with that a couple of weeks ahead? Well, I'm, 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 glad, I'm glad that the darts is back on the scene. I think um, the damage that uh, this COVID virus has done, um, and I know it's done imperable dam- damage to, to our lives, but to the darts scene, um, we, we, I don't think we're going to know for a good while the, um, the consequences to... Um, to how Darcy is going to go forward, um, I really don't. I think there's a lot of pubs that are going to be closed and not open, and pubs are going to be putting food tables in and checking the dartboards out, and and a lot of the the elder dart players are probably going to just call it a day because they found something else to do. I know when we spoke last time, you were concerned about the future of sort of grassroots darts. So I'm assuming from from those comments, your feelings haven't changed over the last seven eight months. No, 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 they definitely haven't. Um, it, it, it does concern me that uh, since the demise of the BDO that uh, Darcy is getting very fractionalised now. Um, and, and, and again, like I say, I don't, I don't know what the consequences to it are going to be, unfortunately. So the upcoming England Open England National Singles in Celsius, they were originally supposed to be in June and then had to be moved because of lockdowns and restrictions and so on. Did you have any issues kind of rejigging the calendar and moving them from June to September? Uh, we, we didn't with the Open, albeit that we had to cancel, but we had two options really. We had to um, either run the, uh, the Classic as, as normal and, and just miss out the Open for the second consecutive year or or move the Open to September, um, which that is our prime event anyway. Uh, so we, 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 we negotiated with uh, Bon Leisure and, and the new, new owners from Cold Cove Communities to um, to move it to September. So um, not no issue really. It's just that we've we have lost uh, two two events, or whichever were three events really um, over the last. Uh, two years from the England calendar which financially is, is has been an absolute disaster. I can't, I can't put it any more than that because uh, unlike many of the bigger sports and um, uh, what have you we haven't, we haven't been able to secure any 
any sort of financial assistance to the running of the company at all. It's all been taken out of the the small war chest that we have. I'm saying war chest isn't isn't that big, but uh, we we've had to sort of take it out of our resources uh, that we have and um, see where we go where we go in the future. And in terms of finances. What sort of position is the England Arts Organisation in now after 18 months of nothing coming in? Um, good question. Uh, don't get me wrong, we, we, have, we have got finances in the bank and everything else like that. Uh, the problem has become, because of the fractionalisation of darts and the demise of the BDO, uh, monies that we would have normally had coming in to budget for the year is no longer available to us. Uh, so it's it's a matter of creating new opportunities with new money or just use you know, our resources that we've got, to, which probably would last 12 months, no longer. Uh, and if we didn't replace them, it, 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 wouldn't, it wouldn't be a great, a great future for... for um, for England Arts to do what it normally does to completely fund the international players. I know a lot of other organisations do things, but they don't they don't fund the players as we do. We we fund them from when they walk out the door, everything's covered to when they get back again, whether it's flights, travel, or food, or accommodation, or or what have you. We we fund that entirely, or we have done in the past. I mean, obviously. We hope to continue to be able to do that, but who knows? Uh, you, you can only you can only spend what you've got. You can't spend what you haven't got. And and I think this is where a lot of people don't understand. Uh, they want things to continue as as they've always done, but it's my job to sort of try and um, educate them and say, well, you know, we all live in the world where. If you don't pay your mortgage, you get you get evicted, or if you don't have any money, you can't go to the supermarket. They won't give you food for nothing, and and that's going to be the same situations for England. But hopefully, the changes that we we have in place are going to encourage people to uh, uh, su- support the opportunities uh, of continuing international darts worldwide. And I I saw a post on Facebook earlier from from Paul James saying that entries for Celsius are well on track for a record attendance for for an event in September run by yeah. England. Where are the numbers relative to, to any expectations you had? Well, that's, again, that's a great question. I mean, because of the situation that, that we've had, we, we weren't sure what sort of entry we, we, we could uh, gain because I know people are, are concerned about the health issues uh, and it's only been... Six weeks or so since um, the government uh, allowed the event to go forward. So, whilst we've been working really diligently and and, and, and very hard to try and promote the event and get people on board, um, I, I, I wouldn't have. God knows, I was just having a nightmare to be honest with you, thinking, "Oh God, what's going to happen if nobody turns up or or what have you?" But but again, as Paul's put in there. Uh, we are we are headed well we definitely will probably increase the entry for an event that we've run in September by anything I would have thought up to about twenty percent. 
Which is impressive stuff. And I also saw that you've been uh, roped into marking for the pentathlon this year. Well, I did do last year as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a, the, the thing is with the pentathlon, it, it, it is a very intensive situation for officials uh, because obviously the 10 boards have got to be marked and they've got all the computers going and everything. So you probably need, you know, anything up to about 25 people involved during the day to, to just make sure that the event goes ahead. I'll be there marking with the best of them. <laughs> yeah, that's not as good as they used to be, Andrew. <laughs> One development on the, the WDF side has been that at the World Championships next year at Lakeside, the Boys World Championship will be expanded and there'll be a girls one for for the first time. I know you and, and England are big advocates of the, the youth scene, so I'm sure that development was something you were very pleased about. Yeah, we were very involved with um, trying to get a boys expanded and the girls on the scene, and, and we have done. Uh, what we said was that the WDF wanted to have the aspirations to be looking after all sections of DART, and in all honesty, if you don't include the girls, uh, you, you're not you're not you're not adhering to that ambition, are you? You, you know, you can't have looking after all DARTs and then not look after people. So. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's been fantastic that they have uh, took this on board. Um, and I know there's going to be a Youth Grand Prix event during the, the weekend in Selsey, and I think it'll be the, the fifth one this year. Going back to what you were saying about darts being more fractured than it used to be, I know there's been clashes, but kind of how would you assess the, the youth events that have happened? Uh, I, I have to say I've been a little disappointed. Um, uh, I, I, I don't think that we can uh, be in a situation where we can go head to head with the JDC because of the uh, the backing that their financial backing they've got. Uh, so it, it's probably a mistake to have clashed. Any I know I know people the, the dates available have been restricted and to keep our event going and everything else like that. It's um, we did clash some. Uh, I think it was a mistake. Absolutely, do think it's a mistake. It is what it is, and, and we and we move on. We've, we've got a good good entry for the England Open for the for the boys and the girls, which again, um, the boys and the girls will qualify direct if they win in the England Open uh, into the uh, World Masters and the World Pro Playoffs. So it, it, it is a big added incentive for the kids uh, to go. In terms of the spots awarded to England by the WDF for the World Masters, I know you get, I think it's 20 sort of wildcard yeah. spots to use. I know you're adding a couple to the, the national singles. Where else are we likely to, to see those additional places awarded? Well, we although we're not running county spots, uh, we, we still maintain on behalf of our members uh, the support of the county system. So we have got two, which we normally have for the um, for the World Masters regional playoffs. Uh, we are increasing those, which will be out tomorrow. Hopefully, I've, I've been on to Dave, and um, we have got it all set up on the website. The the two uh, qualifiers, one in Berkshire and one in uh, Warwickshire, uh, Coventry in Warwickshire. Um, we are going to have two direct entries on both days for both. 
uh, men's and ladies. But for the first time, we're going to allow players from the, from the member counties to attend both events. So they, they will qualify if they, you know, they're given a, 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 free, a free go as members of England into the qualifiers and they will be given to both qualifiers. So they've got two chances to do that. And we're also having a, a situation where points will be gained at both the venues and there'll be a six further entries for men and for ladies from those two qualifiers, which are county-based really. But that doesn't mean that dual public or, or what have you can't actually enter those regional qualifiers because they can. They don't, they don't have to be uh, county players. They don't have to be a member of a county. Anybody apart from the, the normal situation with the PDC 128 can go along and enter those qualifiers and take the chance of, uh, of getting a, a position in the, uh, in the, in the playoffs at uh, the World Masters and the World Pro. So when are those regional qualifiers, when are they going to be? Uh, the one in Berkshire is on the 26th of uh, September, uh, run by Angie Hogan, and the one in Coventry is the, I think it's the 9th or the 10th of October, it is on the website, and that's uh, run by Neil Pritchard from, from Warwickshire. And those, those two... Well, like I said, we have done the uh, the posters and everything to go out now, and we have got it all sorted out in the uh, behind the scenes on the website for entries to be taken, uh, and which will be open at six o'clock tomorrow. Hmm, lovely. The the development for the the World Championship it's going back to to Lakeside after the year at the the O2, and then obviously the year out. So, what's your assessment? What's your view on it on it going back to Lakeside? Personally, I think it, I think it's a great move. Um, I know people say, you know, there's progress and it is identified with our World Championship. Uh, like the Ali Pali is now identified with the PDC one. It's, it, it, is, it is identifiable. So I think that was a no-brainer, really, trying to get back to um, to the lakeside and uh, hopefully uh, restrictions won't be back in place and uh, everybody will be able to go down to the lakeside as normal in January and enjoy a terrific event. I saw on the website that entries for the, the British Open are now open, which is great. And I know during that weekend you're running the, the international trial for the England team. Now, kind of based on what you've said, I understand that's a new new revenue stream you're, you're trying to work with. But I've seen criticism of the, the trial online on Facebook and stuff. But how do you feel that the idea and the event has been received by people? I think what you've got to take into situ- into consideration is that darts has changed. Um, whether we like it or whether I personally like it or whether I don't, and, and, I, and I do you know, reiterate, the demise of the video has been, will be catastrophic for the game, and it will change. Uh, and whether it's a, a me, me, me scenario or, or a global uh, situation. So the problem that we had originally was that the system that we inherited from the BDO um, was that the international teams were 100% uh, selected from within the county system. But again, that was because 
everybody was a member of the BDO through the BICC uh, situation. Well, that, that's no longer the case. Um, when the um, when the BDO relinquished their involvement in England, it was expedient to continue the same system whilst the new board came to terms with putting the new company on a sound financial basis uh, to facilitate the continued support of the national teams. Membership of England then became a matter of choice, not part of the rules of the participation in the BIC system or, or the new system. This resulted in a reduction of county members and the subsequent reduction in the pool of players the England teams could be selected from. Whilst the system had several had served well for England, the England board felt for a number of years that the system was restrictive, with the criteria being only players actually playing county darts could be selected, and then only players playing in six of the nine matches were eligible. We were missing out on players who may have suffered illness during the year, players whose work patterns may made them ineligible, or many of the top players who were contracted on exhibitions to become ineligible. Numerous other scenarios the players may find themselves in um, prevented us from taking into consideration, despite all these players being supporters of the county and, and the national organisation. In effect, we were selecting not always the best possible players to represent England, but the best from this historic and narrow imposed pool of available to us. And on very simplistic data that could go down to averages of a difference between a hundredth of a point being a successful uh, selection or not. Mm. So the, with the demise of the BDO, obviously the limited financial assistance they continue to give us uh, disappeared completely and was the stark reality that where England darts finds itself and how we were able to continue to support international darts for men's ladies and youth. Um, England do not force any counties or, or its members to, to be members of England. It's entirely their decision. And with pressure on ever-increasing costs imposed by other organisations on counties, we have seen a further reduction by some counties. However, on many occasions, a small group of county executives, in some cases, making the decision not to continue with membership of England and the, the, and the benefits the players were used to, without any direct input from the players. Players who, for no fault of their own, are alienated from any process of international recognition. This reduction not only affects us financially, but once again further narrows the pool of players available to us, and therefore, and therefore our ability to select the best players to represent England. So we look to the players who support our England-run national events, who have not been considered in the, the, within the previous rules, players who, for one reason or another, cannot meet county criteria for selection, but are committed to England darts by their choice, and in fact are probably still members of their county system. Most individual-based sports such as athletics, have historically had some sort of system to identify the elite of their sports to represent them at international level. We have looked at these sports and how to replicate similar opportunities for our players, whether county-orientated or England-event-orientated. To minimise the cost, we put these trials on during the British Open, so players already attending and paid their expensive accommodation, etc., 
are given this unique opportunity of gaining international recognition with the avid caveat of a world championship and world masters place. So that's really um, why why we decided uh, to, I mean, we have looked at the situation that, that we are missing players. It doesn't matter to me what the names are. Absolutely, you know, whether it's somebody that I'm really good friends with or somebody I've never met before, I couldn't care less who they are. All I want and all the directors want is that when we go to the World Cup, we go to the Europe Cup, we are putting forward the best possible team that we can from people who support England in one way or another. So that's really why, why we've done it. And who knows, it might be a complete and utter failure. But we, we, we have to look at, at, at you know, where, where the players are going to come from. Yeah. I mean, we got a criticism in so much as um, people were saying, well, you've already picked an England team. And, 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 and I said, to them, well, that was picked three years ago on information that could be as old as four years ago. You know, I said, England football, they went to the Europe Cup just lately and um, played fantastic. But had that been run the year before, half of them players wouldn't have even been in the team. So why would you expect that information that they were selected on four years ago, they might not even be playing darts, who knows? I mean, all the pubs have been closed and, and everything. If you haven't got a dartboard at home, many of these players, you've got no idea what sort of form they're in or anything. With this international trial, everybody is given the same opportunity. So, it's up to them, isn't it? So, in terms of the international scene, looking ahead to, to, to next year... I know there's the, the Europe Cup next year and also the British Internationals in Skegness. So when we spoke last time, you said that you were sort of toying with the idea of maybe there'd be an online British Internationals this year. But obviously that that idea, that train of thought has obviously kind of been abandoned over the last six months or so. Well, um, we did speak with, uh, obviously because we are part of Tri-Nations, and, and we did speak with Wales and Scotland and uh, they just felt... It, Whilst we did um, we did do an online uh, World Cup through the BDO, uh, through sorry through the WDF, um, which were four players and and it was really good and everything. But when you're talking about doing the same scenario with twenty, what, what would it be? Uh, 24, 20, 28, 30 players, uh, it just really uh, became a no-no. We actually did. A look at rescheduling the the last British internationals into this weekend, this bank holiday weekend. Uh, but again, we weren't sure of the, when the government restrictions were going to be lifted, and then you've got the timescales of of actually organising and getting people on board. And we did speak to to the holiday camp, and they felt it was. You know, they wouldn't have the time, the timescales to to do it to to make it successful. So we so we abandoned that really. Um, it's it, it's ironical, isn't it, that although things have, have you can't see things happening. I would I would say the last twelve months have been the busiest twelve months I've ever had in darts in my life, and because we we've, we've had so many false dawns that we've been prepared for and getting, and then then getting knocked back and then having to go back and start again. So it's, it has been very stressful, to say the least. 
Yeah, I can totally imagine that. And another thing next year, I mean, it's bonkers to think, but it'll be sort of two years since all the, the COVID happened, would be the, the 2022 Isle of Man Darts Festival. Is everything looking all set for, for the Isle of Man next year? Yeah, the government are uh, we're well on with it. The government are happy. Uh, we've been, of course, we've got next year the new ruling for the WDF comes in where we have to abide by the prize structures that um, they've imposed, which means that apart from the men's first prize, the men's runner-up prize has got to equal the ladies' winner's prize and so forth all the way down. And it can only reduce by 50%. So if the men's runner-up prize is £2,000, the women's prize goes to £2,000. So it's not on actual uh, players attending. That's a system we have to um, we have to live with. And we've had to make some uh, alterations in, 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 in the prize levels uh, because... To get the points, to, to, to get the recognition, that, that's that's what we've uh, we've had to do. So, so come on, you girls, enter. <laughs> <laughs> sort of one of the last things for me. When we spoke last time, it was not long after we, we'd sadly lost Alan Glazier and, and Rick Cousins. And I, I didn't want to start on a sad note this time. But just over a month ago, we lost the, the great Andy Fordham. He's someone you knew for a long time with England. I know you were friends. I mean... For you, what are your standout memories of Andy? Oh, well, we went to um, we went to Australia with the World Cup, and uh, we played the we played the World Cup. And on the Monday, it was our last day there, and and they decided they were going to have a trip out, and they went down to uh, Fremantle, and. Uh, it was on the beach, well, not on the beach, but on, on, the, on the coast and everything else like that. Anyway, Andy ended up doing all the uh, the barbecue, so he was my host on the barbecue <laughs> with with several bottles of uh, pills and everything, <laughs> washing it down, but he did it for everybody, so I thought, yeah, that's great. But, I mean, for, for Andy, and, and especially today, I might add that uh, our beloved Glasgow Rangers have, have beaten Celtic, so I hope Andy's up there watching because uh, when we've been at the Isle of Man, uh, they usually played that, that particular weekend, and then whilst we're da- dashing around and, and what have you, I pop into the bar and Andy'd have his phone on or, or what have you, and it's oh yeah, we're one nil up or one nil down or whatever, so yeah, so I always, yeah, is it Teddy Bear like me all my life, and uh, yeah. Fond, very fond memories, a lovely fella, lovely fella, and a sad loss to darts, as, 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 as many of the players, like you say, Rick, devastated that Rick died, uh, I have to say that, absolutely devastated, what a great guy he was, Rick Cousins, and we'll miss him, this, you know, as we come up to um, next week on Monday, week tomorrow, I'll be setting off for Celsi, and uh, Rick will be down there, Rick will be down there, and uh, helping us, but you know, no, no job was too much for Ricky. A really, really good, good guy. But we've all lost players. We've lost players and family and everything. So it has been traumatic. I just hope that when things settle down and uh, people look at it, that we can get back onto running sensible darts. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Well, thank you so much for your time this afternoon, Tommy. I always appreciate 
your time yeah. and talking to you and I look forward to seeing you in Celsius in a couple of weeks time yeah I'll see you in Celsius thank you very much Andrew I always enjoy talking with Tommy certainly a man who tells you what he thinks and only time will tell whether his concerns about the future of grassroots starts are justified or, or a little premature. There are still a few days left to enter the events in Celsius in September, but at the time of recording, there are 312 men signed up for the England Open and 78 women. I am among the 270 entrants for the National Singles on the Friday the 10th of September and there are 64 ladies for the equivalent silver graded competition. I'm actually only going to be there for part of the weekend. I was originally going to be there for all of it, then none of it. Now I'm going to be there for for part of it thanks to to Big Five who have given me a room for part of the weekend and I'm looking forward to to being down there and achieving one of my goals for 2021 of, of playing in a WDF ranked event. It's a shame I'm not there all weekend, though, because uh, if I had been, that would have given me the chance to play in the England pairs alongside friend of the show, John Scott. I have seen some comments over the last few days about the prize fund at the England Open with people worried that it's perhaps too top-heavy with the, the men's winner getting 4,000 and then quite a steep drop down to the, the runner-up and further down. I think, firstly, one thing to bear in mind is that events have to meet certain thresholds to qualify for the relevant WDF points. So that might be a reason why the prize fund is sort of distributed in the way it is in order to meet that gold standard. But the other thing is that the way prize funds are structured is going to change next year under the, the WDF. The regulations mean that or the, the women's winner of an event has to pick up an equivalent to the man who finishes runner-up in the men's singles and then it has to be equivalent further down so i.e the men's semi-finalists would have to get the same as the ladies runner-up and so on and so forth and the drop can only be 50 percent it can't be any more than that um so i think some organizations it was something i discussed with tommy after we finished recording that's something that's obviously having to be factored into planning as well Anyway, uh, money aside, it should be a fantastic weekend and uh, I'm looking forward to, during the time I'm there, arranging the first podcast on the road of 2021. The only other WDF-ranked event to take place in August uh, was on the 21st and that was the Salavat Yulayev Cup in Ufa, Russia. The men's title went to PDC tour card holder Boris the Viking Koltsov he beat Dmitry Gorbanov 4-2 in the semis and then Alexei Kodotchnikov 5-2 in the final. The ladies' crown was won by Elena Shulgina. Teenage star Ksenia Kloshek lost in the semi-finals to Natalia Alexandrova before Natalia then lost to Elena in the ladies' final. I managed to catch up with Elena last week to talk about her win, her musical background and her aim of qualifying for Lakeside next year. I am now delighted to be joined by Russia's Elena Shulgina. Elena, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. The weekend just gone, you won the Salavat Yulayev Cup in Russia, and that was the first WDF event in Russia since 2019. How nice was it for you to be back winning again? This is a great joy for me like any victory in the tournament. 
This is not my first victory in international competitions. I was the first on Russia Open, St. Petersburg Open. Uh, but the level of darts in Russia among women has increased. It's getting harder and harder to win, especially juniors. <laughs> so are you saying the ladies' darts in Russia is stronger now than it used to be? I'm stronger in <laughs> ladies, yes? Yes. Over the weekend you won the, the tournament. Was that the only event during the weekend? Yes, there was a Russian championship by American cricket. And I was a champion on the tournament too. <laughs> well done. Yes, so, thank you. <laughs> so the event in the the weekend was in in Ufa. How far is that from from where you live? It's uh, not rather far. Uh, Russia is <laughs> a big area. It's about uh, four. Uh, hundreds kilometers from my uh, city, Yekaterinburg. Yekaterinburg. <laughs> As you say, Russia is an enormous country. Does that make it hard traveling to event? It's uh, not hard to. It. I have no problem with domestic travel. I have a COVID vaccine and I'm not afraid of it. Mm. We have no travel restriction. During the COVID-19, a lot of people were playing online darts. Did you, were you able to play a lot of online competition? Yes, yes, we had a lockdown in the last year during four months and we had online games and competitions. So the level of the game was not um, badly affected. <laughs> mm. But I don't like online games. It, it must have been frustrating in some way for you because 2019 you won four ranking titles and were playing very well. Yes, I, I, I was. Winning the Salavat Yulayev Cup last weekend puts you in a good position in the regional ranking table. Uh -huh. And whoever is top of that table at the end of the year will qualify for the Ladies World Championship. You know, there are more events in Russia, you know, I think there's two in September um, and later on. What would it mean to you if, if you could qualify for the Ladies World Championship? I need more points in the ranking to get to the World Championship. Now I have um, 38th place and I want to take a part in the World Championship, of course. I feel that I can play there, and um, the next competition in the Russian is the Russian Cup, and um, probably a few more international tournaments before the end of year. So, do you think you will be able to travel from Russia to other countries in Europe? I hope.
I hope that it will be able. Originally, for you, when did you first start playing darts? I was 11 years old. <laughs> I was 11 years old. A coach came to our school and invited us to train. And at the age of 14, I took second place among women, women at the Russian Championship. Did you, did you enjoy darts? Did you like darts from when you yes, first started? Yes, of course. I like it very much. I I saw on Instagram that you are a, a singer. Um, so yes. talk talk to me about your singing. <laughs> I'm an artist singer of the Children's Philharmonic Musical Theatre. Mm. <laughs> My husband is violinist. <laughs> My son and daughter are singers too, and uh, they play on piano. <laughs> you have a very we, musical family. <laughs> we mu music family. We are music family. <laughs> Earlier this year, I saw that you played in the EADC events, the, the PDC events in Russia. And you were one of only two ladies in that competition. Did you enjoy that, playing against the, the top men in Russia? Yes, I, I like it. It's a higher level. Hmm. It's very good training for me. I was uh, 12th in the men's. Hmm. I don't think that I will play in PDC in future. Hmm. It's not my level now. <laughs> I did it for training. For the rest of 2021, this year, what uh, events are you planning to go to? International events or other? <laughs> uh, everything, everything. Everything. Uh, Russian Cup in September, uh, Kalashnikov Cup in the Izhevsk, and uh, a few more international tournaments in the autumn or December. For you, do you have any you know, goals or ambitions for what you would like to achieve or do in darts? I don't have a clear goal to be winner in the world. I just do everything to be better. And then, as uh, God willing. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time today, Elena. I really appreciate it. And good luck for the rest of the year. Thank you. I enjoyed talking to Elena and I must say she was concerned about how, how well her English would hold up but her English is certainly far better than my Russian is so fair play to her and thank you to both her and Tommy for their time for this week's show and thank you for listening. If you've got this far your support is always greatly appreciated. The events in September begin this weekend with a bronze double header in Catalonia. 
So that's the Catalonia Open and the FCD Anniversary Open. And then over in America, there is the silver-graded Washington Area Open. Could well be another title for the Dutch dragon Jules van Dongen, who was incredibly impressive at the Steel City Open the weekend just gone and has just signed with Loxley Darts and L-Style. So hopefully we'll have Jules on the show once again, uh, as well as a couple of other things lined up as well. And that will come out just before I'm down to Celsi with a few live interviews and that sort of thing. In the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at amsinclair 97 You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Inside the WDF. You can like the Facebook page Inside the WDF. And then you can rate, review, subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. In the meantime, stay safe and I'll see you next week.